you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Turn down coaching the Bengals. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a room filled with some heroes. Chris Wessling to my left, Greg Rosenthal to my right. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. How are you? Big addition to the studio. It's called the Wessling Cam. One of the in-house cameras is just trained on Wes Wes at all times. And uh, Wes not comfortable with it. Uh, But... And it's just displaying in front of us on a big screen, looking at old Wes's shiny dome. Wes not comfortable with it. But the fact of the matter is, Greg and I like it. And two beats one. So that is a new tradition here at the Around the NFL podcast. (laughs) I like my head shiny. I like more Wes's. I mean, uh, imagine a show with two Wes's just like arguing at, e- arguing at each other. All right, you don't know what you're talking about. I don't know why I'm giving him that. You're we, full of beer. You're out of your treat. We should have that Wes be in favor of uh, instant replay for OPI <laughs> and DPI. And then this Wes be angry about it. Yeah, that Wes. That Wes. That Wes hates Joe Flacco. This, <laughs> this Wes loves him. It is funny to think about. And you can basically look at his brothers and and push this theory forward that i just came up with was that wes would get really sick of wes like if there was another wes they'd be at each other's throat (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) that's that's borderline cutting but also like wes agrees with you so that's good oh yeah neither one would back down you know it basically is watching you with your brothers no it's like superman and bizarro superman you know (laughs) he he would be strong where i'm weak and vice versa uh i have an update I mentioned this off camera, off mic a couple weeks ago that uh, the old Zeuser was uh, <laughs> getting some pocket squares for his uh, his um, blazers. What do you call them? The jackets? Yeah. Uh, for our various duties on camera here. And I'll tell you what, Wes, you saw it as what it was. It was a gauntlet. Throwing a gauntlet. Greg reacting with a little bit of like, ooh. Where did this come from? All right. I'm going to have to lift my game. Well, who shows up in a safari jacket next week? (laughs) That was like there was a coincidence there. (laughs) So I just want everyone to know that in the mail from Amazon arrived four new pocket squares and the little device that you put in in the coat pocket where you prop up the pocket square. And that is making its debut next week okay. on the Around the NFL Twitter show. So check it out, everybody. Well, there is. I mean, the ball is clearly in our court now. No, my reaction was, was more, think of how much time I would have spent in, of your life if I told you every time a new clothing you know, article arrived at my house. Yeah, you, but you, you might not like that. You weren't trying to be the rising tide lifting all boats like Dan is here. Right. I'm saying, listen, the old Zeuser is bringing the pocket squares. You look around, every male figure uh, in media now is rocking the pocket square. Why, why haven't we done it? Do we want to be taken seriously or not? Finish the suit. Finish the suit. Who was that? Who said that? There was a guy who <laughs> ran into us at the Super Bowl uh, at like 2.30 in the morning. I think literally ran into you. Yeah. He stopped us and said, you all look great. Mm. You're dressed well. But finish the suit. Get a pocket square. So Dan's like thinking like, wow, I just watched one of those, you know, up to the minute shows from 2015. I got to step up what Andrew Siciliano has been doing since then. See, I, I hear the, the, your voice and the tone, and it sounds like jealousy because you didn't think of this first. Because now you're in a tough spot. I've, I've worn you're in a po- tough spot. I've actually worn pocket squares on NFL Network multiple times. How about that? I've never seen it. In fact, it's only been like literally twice. One I think it's Siliano once, I think, right? There was one tied into his thing. Uh, yeah, I think the, the wardrobe department once or twice just put them in there. And she's like, all right, let's do it. But they were not your pockets. They were not mine. They were the NFL Networks. Gauntlet thrown down. You're in a tough spot because now if you wear, and I know you, Greg, if you put the pocket square in, you're going to be like, oh, Hansis is going to think I did it because of him. <laughs> and now you're in an impossible spot. I'm not into it. I can. I can uh, you don't want to finish your suit? I, I want you guys to look good. I think we all should, should feel good, look good, play good. <laughs> One of the best quotes ever. Uh, Deion Sanders? 
Yeah. Look good, play good, play good, feel good, eat good, make money. Something like <laughs> Some, something along those lines. <laughs> All right, big show today. The uh, 2019 San Diego Greybeards are unveiled. Yes, that is the uh, making a roster out of the best remaining free agents on the market. The old Zeus wrote a banger. NFL.com slash Hansis. Check it out. <laughs> And we will talk about it. For new listeners to the show, Dan is the old Zeuser. So he's not talking about a guest that's going to join our show a little later. It's it's him. And also maybe, Ricky, a little uh, musical accompaniment to uh, the Greybeards. Yeah, I'll work something up for you. Okay. And uh, But before that, we're going to do some news. So let's hit it. I'm here so I won't get fined. Oh, beast mode. Is that a is that a call forward? That's well, called a uh, not a callback, but the opposite. It's like a tease. Right. It's like a tease. Nice of some tease. news coming up. Beast mode might uh, might have a role in the news and beyond on today's show. Let's start uh, though with a running back that is not Marshawn Lynch. It is Jordan Howard. The Chicago Bears have moved uh, the running back, shipping him to the Philadelphia Eagles in exchange for a 2026th round pick. This went down on Thursday night. The Eagles announced it. Uh, conditions in the trade could flex that selection to a fifth rounder in 2020. We'll see. Uh, Howard's been, a, a, you know, been dangled in trade talks uh, since before, even last season. Tariq Cohen has really um, emerged uh, in that office, especially under Matt Nagy. Uh, so now with Mike Davis also in the room, Jordan Howard doesn't have a place. Wes, uh, I remember, I remember uh, when my, First son was born, or maybe it was my second. It would have been 2016. Jordan Howard was breaking out on the scene, and uh, you were never really sold on Howard as a player, but he did manage to put up some numbers and be a productive guy uh, for a while there in Chicago. What do you think about where he fits in in Philly and where he is as a player at this stage? Well, I think that he was going to be demoted in Chicago, and it's never a good idea to carry demoted guy who's been used to being the star of the offense and the focus. Demoted? Demoted? He's hitting that T hard. I noticed that too. Demoted. Demoted? Demoted. Demoted. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Yeah, well, you know, he's used to being the offensive focal point, which he was under John John Fox. And we knew last year when Nagy came in, immediately the rumors were there that Jordan Howard doesn't fit the offense. And we saw that. His production went way down last year. And I think of Jordan Howard, I've always thought of him as sort of the late-stage Adrian Peterson skill set. He's a one-dimensional back. No coach wants to play him on passing downs, mm. and he's sort of a tell for what you're going to do. So you sort of have to tailor your offense to him, and the Bears weren't going to do that. And he caught 20 passes for them last year, so they, they tried to make him a little bit of a threat in the receiving game. He still had 250 carries, so he's been excellent. I give the Eagles credit. Like Everyone says you don't have to pay for running backs. It's easy to find running backs. They're not panicking at running back and they they sent a sixth round pick in 2020 these these fifth and sixth round picks are overrated and i think smart teams like the eagles and the rams and the patriots have been using them to get veterans who yeah, jordan howard's not going to change their team but he's going to fill a hole for the 2019 season and, and be solid doesn't it feel like the last couple of years especially the eagles are the kings of these yes, type of moods they these are. type of players that are they have some history of success, but they're not superstars, but they might be more valuable than people realize, and the Eagles bring them into their building. They do a great job, and they have Corey Clement there. We'll see uh, who else. Uh, Wendell Smallwood. Wendell Smallwood. Maybe they draft someone. Who knows? It's not a long-term solution, but if you need someone to take some carries up the middle, they needed someone. Uh, meanwhile, on the throne of Sleaze, uh, the New England Patriots thought they had um, a defensive coach on their staff uh, for, uh, for the 2019 season in Greg Schiano. Uh, even although I, I guess he was never the hire was never officially announced and we didn't know what his they have announced they have not announced their coaching staff at all right yet so they haven't announced any coaching changes which is a typical Patriots move they don't do it until every last spot is filled but there was a an idea out there that he was going to be the defensive coordinator yes right? I think that was the expectation well guess what Greg Schiano walks away uh, from the Patriots citing a need uh, to step back spend some time with his family here is a um, a statement on the matter. I have informed Mr. Kraft and Coach Belichick that I am stepping down from my position. Um, this is not the result of any one event, but rather a realization that I need to spend more time on my faith and family. I don't want to look back years from now and wish I had done things differently. Therefore, I'm taking time away from the game to recalibrate my priorities. Um, 
Bill Belichick in a statement was behind Shiano, but this was the same Belichick that a couple days ago in a different uh, media context was talking about how excited he was to have Shiano on the staff. So something happened. Uh, we don't know all the details, but what we do know is that Shiano will not be connected to the Pats. Well, they've been friends a long time, and Belichick said that in the statement that he's a close friend. So it's not even worth speculating about why. Maybe it's just the adjustment going from college back to the pros and remembering what that's like. Who knows? No, no, the faith and family thing is interesting. Well, right. I mean, I mean, they, they in more hours. I mean, the co- college coaching is an easy job compared to the NFL job. That's just a fact in terms of the hours that you spend. But it's wild. And it points out the incredible exodus from the Patriots this offseason, not just on the coaching staff, uh, but the defensive coaching staff is what stands out the most. He- here's who left uh, the defensive play caller last year, Brian Flores, cornerbacks coach Josh Boyer. They both went to Miami, but. Yeah, I think people know about Flores. The defensive line coach, Brendan Daly, went to the Chiefs. Coaching assistants, Demarcus Covington, Mike Pellegrino, uh, also left. Uh, or no, they, they might have to step up. If you go to the Patriots' website right now and go to their staff, bunch of offensive coaching staff, and you can look at their bio, you know, find out all, all about Josh McDaniels. Can't wait. There's one defensive coach. His name is Steve Belichick. That's it. He's the only... Coach that anyone knows about that's on the staff. Like, what is happening his, right now? His picture looks like he just got back from a Smashing Pumpkins concert in 1996. It's just Bill and Steve. Maybe that's Bill's dream. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's crazy. I wonder if there's a little bit of, like, Michael Jordan in 1993 going on here. What's left to prove? So Belichick's like, what if I just run the defense, me and my son, by ourselves? That's a challenge. And to your point, you're looking at that Patriots.com uh, site. The only one that really matters is the giant photo of the guy on top. Everything else, I think, will be worked out. I don't know if you're raising any uh, red flags on this, but come on. Bill knows what he's doing. He'll figure it out. I think it's a little It's it's just another obstacle. And the, the, the bigger issue is that Rob Gronkowski, you know, retired. And, and Trey Flowers and they gone. Let, and they lost Cordero some, Patterson. That, that to me, is a bigger concern than the coaches. But I think that's something to manage. I mean, they had this plan with Shiana, who he loves. And uh, now he doesn't have a, a coach he loves. All right, let's move on. The Raiders, Marshawn Lynch, he spent the last two years there. Well, the door might be closing for uh, Beast Mode because Isaiah Crowell, uh, who spent last year with the Jets, signs with the Raiders, uh, a one-year deal worth up to $2.5 million. Rap sheet reported Thursday. Uh, Oakland confirmed the move. Um, and uh, you join a backfield that also has Jalen Richard, DeAndre Washington, Chris Warren, uh, Doug, uh, the muscle hamster. Doug Martin is not in the mix there. Uh, and neither, it seems, will uh, Marshawn Lynch at this point, right? Well, Rapsheet said today on our air that it's unlikely Marshawn Lynch will be back with the Raiders. Mm. There was talk that maybe after the draft they could see where they are, but it seems like this is a move. And I thought Isaiah Crowell, who I'm sure Jets fans were dancing in the street when he was gone and replaced by Le'Veon Bell, had some promising games last year. He did. He, I mean, listen, don't get caught up in the 4.8 yards per attempt. He finished. That with- was uh, Bradley Roby assisted. Yeah, that game against the Broncos when he just <laughs> right. ran through open stretches. He had 685 there. yards on the season and over 200 came in one game. He was really, he was kind of a nothing burger for uh, much of the season, especially in the second half. Uh, but yeah, maybe you catch him and if you use him the right way, he can give you a little something. He is a replacement level uh, running back. Yes. I mean, in, in that, and the Raiders, not good in the receiving. The Raiders are kind of the team at the end of free agency that just almost have a little too much money to spend. They also signed linebacker Brandon Marshall uh, from the Broncos, who I thought was maybe one of the better players available. So it's not a terrible move, but they're paying, you know, they're, you're paying just like a little extra. You know what I mean? Like the Eagles, they get Jordan Howard, who's on a rookie contract, who's better than Isaiah Crowell, who's getting paid double what Jordan Howard's going to. So it's just like a small difference of like, I think what the smart teams do and, and what the Raiders do. Um, did you know that Brandon Marshall pulled a Anthony Barr on the Greybeards? We, uh. we had a handshake deal. He was going to be our starting uh. linebacker. And then he, he, wa- he walks across the street and uh, signs with another team. Do the Greybeards have the GM app? 
They <laughs> they got to get on that. Yeah. They, we're not. Techni- you got to question their GM. We're not officially. Well, that's me. We're oh. not officially recognized by the National Football mm-hmm. League at this point. In fact, there could be litigation coming at some point. It's a fledgling I operation. Um, uh, but I would love to be a part of. Um, it's a savvy GM move to, to talk to Brandon Marshall because you're going to have those dumb fans who thinks it's the other Brandon Marshall and just hey buy right. buy the ticket for that. Brandon mm-hmm. Marshall, yeah. That Brandon Marshall was not in negotiations with the Greybeards, which tells you a lot about his value <laughs> wow. in 2019. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys make a trade. Robert Quinn arrives from the Miami Dolphins in exchange for a 2020 sixth-round pick. Uh, he then he takes a little bit of a haircut. That's a, a reduction in pay. He signs a new one-year deal worth $9.2 million. Uh, he could earn up to $10 million if he could record seven sacks, which feels like a very Robert Quinney number, oh, potentially. Yeah. Uh, Wes, what do you think about this move? Did this make the Dallas defensive line better? I think it did. Um, if you look, I'm surprised by the, the contract number. That really surprises me. The Dolphins are paying some of it. Okay. Um, I You look at this team, and David Irving did not really give them anything last year. He was... Great in flashes the year before. Um, Randy Gregory had a really good year. Both those guys are gone. And I think you bring in Robert Quinn, you bring in Kerry Hyder, who was one year removed from an eight-sack season as a rotational pass rusher. They did a good job adding depth. They brought in Christian Covington from the Texans to play um, tackle for them. And I think they count on their defensive line having a lot of bodies to throw at people. And I think they did a good job of coming up with depth here. Let me throw one thing out here, Greg. You tell me if this is t- completely crazy. But we just came off a season where Le'Veon Bell got tagged the second year and said, no, smell you later. Uh, I'll be back next year with a big contract somewhere else. Is this Was there a little bit of thought that we want to protect ourselves in mm. case this DeMarcus Lawrence situation turns ugly? Apparently contract talks are going nowhere between Lawrence and the Cowboys right now. No, because, man, they can't imagine a world where they wouldn't have – Demarcus Lawrence, and he's getting paid so much on the franchise tag. It'd be hard to imagine him sitting it out, but I, it raises the point that I think they should just be spending that money on resigning their old guys. Like I get it, Quinn. I've I've always rooted for Robert Quinn, but the fact that the Rams and the Dolphins gave up on him in back-to-back years, and both seasons were so similar in that he came out of the gates in September looking very strong, and then his back issues have kind of made him a career what if because. For younger fans who just kind of are, you know, haven't been following, like his 2013 season to me ranks with the de- best defensive seasons of the decade. Mm. And it was it was one season. Uh, but he had that sort of get off and that sort of potential, but he hasn't been able and, and he's known what as kind of play him 20 snaps a game. Yeah, maybe I think that could be better that, that he's a part time guy and he's getting paid a lot. I can't I can't kill even the contract. It's more kind of the overarching thought that this is necessary because they can't develop their own guys. Taco Gregory, Charlton. Yeah, Randy Gregory, Taco Charlton, David Irving's gone. And, and so it was kind of a necessary move when they should be really investing in, in Lawrence and Amari Cooper and everyone. Um, in other news, uh, John Lynch, a general manager of the 49ers, has uh, spoken out about um, the wide receiver room of the 49ers, which he likes, but absolutely people are going to connect the 49ers to Odell Beckham and Ant- Antonio Brown, the two big wide receivers that ended up going to other teams. Here's what Lynch had to say on why Odell Beckham and the 49ers could never really be. Well, I, you know, I, I would tell you, you know, uh, we were very much in that. We had been in it. And um, I, I think, ironically, the fact that we had the number two pick made it more difficult because they wanted that badly. They wanted two number ones, and we weren't willing to part with that. That's too valuable of a pick. And That was an um, uh, interview with the Athletics' Matt Barrow. Um, so the fact that they were at number two, they were so high up, they couldn't justified doing it was that a mistake hmm. well I think it tells you that they wanted him every bit as badly as the Browns did but, right but not having having that number two pick in the first round it's it's another reminder that when we talk about first round picks in general I think analytics have taught us to separate late first round picks mid first round picks and early first round picks there are generally 15 to 20 players in every draft that separate themselves from the crowd and you want one of those top 15 to 20 picks, but the 22nd pick might be a lot closer in value to a mid second round pick than say the 10th pick. in the. It's draft. confusing. Cause you know, they didn't get two first round picks. 
you know, the Giants. Well, they consider Jabril Peppers a first-round Oh, player. I don't. I mean, right. he's already played two years, and, and it's different. The things but we tell ourselves. I guess. I guess, that may, I guess it makes sense, though, because the Browns have that mid-first-round pick, and it would have been a little tricky for the 49ers to work that out and or they maybe just offer their 2020 first round pick, but that's not as good. I, I expected the 49ers to be even a little louder than they have been in, in this offseason, even though they've they've been plenty loud. Um, speaking of Antonio Brown in the comments on KNBR, uh, Lynch clearly, th- you know, he's one of the guys that didn't like what was going on with Antonio Brown, it seemed. We took a quick look and then we just said, hey, we're not interested in that for our team. Well, this is a that's second, how I read into that. It's the second time he said almost the same quote. I mean, he's repeated this twice. It, it is interesting the little drips and drabs that have come out. The the recording of Drew Rosenhaus and Antonio Brown talking about how how desperately they didn't want to play for the Buffalo Bills was interesting. The fact that the Patriots have now uh, been confirmed as they were kind of lightly in on on Antonio Brown, but they weren't willing to uh, give up the same sort of compensation that that the Raiders were. Here's a report out there about Josh Rosen. From Joel Klatt, uh, uh, appearing on Wednesday's Undisputed. What is Undisputed? Whose show is that? That's the Skip uh, Bayless show. That's Skip. Why Bayless. isn't it just called the Skip Bayless? It is show. confusing because they got the two shows. They got the Whitlock show. They've had that. I don't know what that's called, but it's a confusing name. And then they and then the, the Bayless one. They just just name it after the people. Right. I'm he's, with you. He's with a sharp brother, right? Skip and Shannon, right? That's yeah. right. Well, I'll call it the Skip and Shannon Show. Sure. How much money are you paying these guys? Put their names Skip on the Skipping one of the Sharp Brothers. It just, like, <laughs> depends on the day. More like Skip the Show. Uh, oh, oh. Bang. Anyway, and now we're going to use their content on our show. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Clatt uh, said Josh Rosen is, quote, going to get moved. Clatt added that the Chargers, Giants, Patriots emerged as the top suitors. And uh, one of those teams... Chargers, Giants, and Patriots has already offered up a second-round pick, which seems like pretty good value, all things considered. Uh, I guess it's going to happen, Greg. Just a matter of when. I think so. I I left just hearing Cliff Kingsbury talk about it and believe that, and just reporters talking amongst themselves and buzz and all that. It. I think they know that they'll be able to trade him, and they think the best offer is going to come closer to the draft. I'm curious, though, about the Patriots there. There was sort of a strong undercurrent from multiple people, whether the Patriots are putting out, the, out there to get people off the center or not. I don't know that the Patriots were not necessarily very high on Josh Rosen. That that I heard from multiple uh, people. It doesn't matter to you either way, though, because you're out. No, I, lo- I if you get Josh play. Rosen, I'm, oh, I'm wow. back in. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. How convenient. Is it because of the chosen Rosen thing? I want to root for Josh Rosen, and that just would be fun. Oh, I mean, it's, it's not like I'm out like, oh, screw them. They're still going to be my favorite team. This is just a, a boring is this topic. It's like if a team signed a quarterback named Joss Wessel, I would have to start following him yeah. because it would be the same, you know, beginning. That would be just like Something. an interesting plot twist that you didn't see coming. But I think the Chargers are the most interesting team here, and there are some pretty strong – Rumors connecting them with uh, Drew Locke as well in this draft. So I think they Lock are they're absolutely in the quarterback market right now. Really? Because I think Omar Ruiz reported Monday that they are not really looking to draft a quarterback. It's silly season. It, it is tough to know what to believe. Uh, we talked about it on Wednesday's show. The big news, the bombshell news out of the owners meetings that offensive pass interference and defensive pass interference will be reviewable in at least 2019. The one dissenting vote amongst the owners, it was 31 to one, was Cincinnati Bengals owner Mike Brown. Uh, and at the annual league meeting in Phoenix, he told ESPN, well, I've been in that position before. I just vote with my conscience and how I see it. I'm not trying to be offensive. I understand if someone else doesn't want to go my way. He added, when they put it in, they were smart enough to restrict it more than it is today. And it was supposed to be used only when the play had a big impact on the game. Otherwise, you weren't supposed to use it. Well, it evolved over time, and now they use it in all kinds of situations. I don't think that's good for the game. It is the fact that there's going to be officiating error, but it's also the fact that instant replay doesn't always correct it. It actually compounds the problem on occasion. Wes, you have a tortured relationship with the Cincinnati Bengals. You probably won't classify it that way. You'd say it was a difficult or a, uh, a, a you know, a ill-fated relationship. I'd say you and the Bengals, not always on the same page. But in this situation, it was like are. the woman who tried to engage herself to you. 
Right. Similar sitch. S- similar sitch. I can't remember agreeing on Mike Brown in many things, but 100% agreement. And these are the two biggest problems that I know young listeners might find this hard to believe, but believe me, I was around when they instituted instant replay. Wes is old, guys. It was expressly put in for particularly egregious, big impact calls. It has evolved over time where you have to save coaches from themselves. Who's watching out for the game? The competition committee has to watch out for the game. Coaches are protecting their control over the game, their winning edge. It's no coincidence that two of the greatest coaches in NFL history, Bill Walsh and Don Shula, have the word edge in their memoirs because they're looking for any percentage point that can give them a small favor. That's how you win in the NFL. And getting 50-50 calls in their favor is one edge that these Control freaks, and I call them control freaks, not in a negative way. When you invest that much time, you want your fingerprints all over the game. You have to save replay from the coaches. But that's on the officiating in the in the league office to stop overturning calls unless they're obvious. If it's they on consi- them to if take the can, challenge away from the coaches who consist- have misused it since the rule went into existence. If they consistently, and I think they did a better job of this towards the end of last year, if they consistently just didn't overturn calls unless it's obvious as the rule intends, I think you would have, you would have a better situation. Well, that is a hypothesis. Finally in the news, uh, the Alliance of American Football, the AAF, which is, uh, was launched the week after the Super Bowl to a decent level of fanfare. Uh, we had some fun with that fact, uh, but the bottom line is that the NFL was behind it on some level. Um, maybe not enough is uh, what's coming from people connected to the league. The games have aired on our network, but uh, the AAF chairman told the USA Sports, U- USA Today Sports in a recent interview that the NFLPA is not cooperating with AAF uh, because they're refusing to allow the first year league to use young NFL players. Um, Tom Dundon is his name. He actually um, aided the AAF earlier in the season by making a $250 million investment in the league uh, when they were having some early payroll issues. And it's just incredible, incredible to me, guys, that first of all, Dundon, this guy's a billionaire. He owns the Carolina Hurricanes NHL franchise. I don't care who you are. A quarter of a billion dollar investment is a big deal. Um, But I'm surprised this year, there are eight games into a season, essentially, and there's talk that this thing could be, the plug could be pulled as soon as after this weekend's games. And the reason why is because I guess the AAF thought the NFL was going to give them more support uh, beyond just some television coverage, that they would actually be a true pipeline, which is a great idea in theory, but you understand why the NFL is like, whoa, whoa, we can't do that. This is professional football injuries, and there's a collective bargaining agreement involved here. It's not that easy to do that. We can't help you like that at this point. Meanwhile, the AAF is saying that it, it is drowning, essentially. Uh, this could be a, a quick, ugly death. It sounds like a threat from Dundon that isn't to be taken too seriously. He, you know, he it's it's really a fight between him and the NFL Players Union. I think the NFL does want it to be a de- developmental league. They've said as much, and they would like players on futures contracts to be available to the AAF. The, the problem is the union has not agreed to that. Um, there's a battle back and forth, and, he, and Dundon seems like he's so frustrated, and he's the chairman – that he says, if they're not going to give us their young players, we have to look at all of our options, one of which is discontinuing the league. He knows the NFL doesn't want that to happen, so he's trying to push, you know, the NFLPA to negotiate. It's a little in the in the weeds here. That's kind of bluff, you know, to, to say we're, we might even... He said one of which is potentially discontinuing uh, the league because I think the NFL really wants it. And by the way, it's been doing, like, huge numbers Whoa. relatively. Huge relative, you know, to work. relative to what's on NFL Network normally, and relative to other sports. I mean, relative to like a PGA, a, a regular kind of PGA weekend or a Grand Slam tennis quarterfinal. Like it, it's been doing pretty. There's a reason why they're showing those on NFL Network instead of old NFL games. People are watching it. The in baseball is an example, like the Arizona Fall League or something. It's not a natural parallel, but. You can have players, if you're a fan, of, let's say I'm a fan of the Jets. I want to see uh, a young prospect. Um, if it's in that league, I would be interested in that. But there's just, I understand why that probably is never going to happen because the the PA is, that's just too much of a risk. The the sport's too dangerous in that sense to, to risk bodily harm and ruining a prospect uh, in someone on someone else's team, essentially. 
it feels like a, a purgatory because the NFL, like to me, has been doing them a solid with all the attention they've been giving them. But if you're not like in bed with them, like the NBA has been with the WNBA and the G League, like those are entities of the NBA, but they, is the AAF? No, it's, it's somewhere in between. I mean, the NFL is clearly it's throwing its weight be. behind the AAF in relation to the XFL, which I think it wants to fail. I mean, I'm just like reading the tea leaves there, but you're right. And I think that's what the AF's trying to do is make it a little more formal. All right. That's what's happening in the news. All right. It, it, you know, it's crazy how time flies. This is the fifth season of the Greybeards, um, a, a, a fake football franchise that started here in Los Angeles. And then when the Chargers were ripped away from San Diego, we moved the Greybeards south um, and down the old five. And I'll tell you what. What are the Greybeards? We look at what's going on. We're three and a half weeks out from the league year, and we see players without jobs, players that deserve jobs, players that can help teams um, in 2019. And many of these guys, the majority of the players on the roster, will help teams in 2019. Um, So I want to start with a plea, Greg, to... um, Sometimes I, I don't want it to be lost. I don't want... This isn't flippant. I want all these players to get jobs. You do. So you look at yourself as kind of a, a gateway to the NFL. You're like your, your own develop, developmental league. In a way, yes. And I have the platform at NFL.com. Uh, if, 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 if one general manager uh, happens to read the Greybeards <laughs> article, which really a smart decision, NFL.com slash Hansis, and sees a player that's like, oh, wait a second, maybe I should check in on this guy again, then the Greybeards have done their job. So we are a feeder system in a way. You could look at it a different way, which is that if uh, it took reading about uh, a free agency, uh, a free agent available on the Greybirds to know that he was out there, that the general manager it's should be sign. fired. It's a bad <laughs> sign for that team. Uh, but before we go, go th- wait, Sam. Oh wait, I don't want to yep. give it away. Before we go through the <laughs> roster, um, to 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 send that message, that positive message, uh, put together a little bit of a musical number because music is the universal language. That's right. true. Um, I so, thought that was sex. No, what? wait, that's no. That's I thought it was Esperanto. <laughs> um, Ricky, hit it. Give him a chance. Give him a shot to prove them wrong. Gray beard, the mind is sound. The body is tight. The soul is able. Gray beard, give him a chance. Make him feel whole. Bring him inside your home. Gray beard. Gray beard. Gray beard. Gray beard. Gray beard. <laughs> Gotta tell you, that was better than some of the stuff I've seen in halftime shows. <laughs> I, You know what? I was getting a little bit of a Jackson Maine vibe. You know, like the first, the well, first kind of like the first kind of like rock song that they play. That's just like a Jackson Bain banger. Yeah, <clears throat> I like that. Thanks, man. All right, with that out of the way, and I feel like I've little Nickelback maybe thrown in there. <laughs> yeah, it's a little. It's got a Nickelback vibe, I could say. But there's some electronic elements in there. We're not. We're not just when the drums start picking up the beat. I mean. Let's do it. Watch out. All right. Watch out, ladies. It was like the Miami Vice scene with something in the air tonight. <laughs> All right. That one, that was a, a dated ref, but I'm with you on it. All of my references are dated, and I don't care if people get them or not. In fact, it's better for me if only a few do. This is a good, I like fact-checking pop culture. Ricky, do you know what Miami Vice is? Yeah, it's a movie. No, it's a TV show. <laughs> well, With it- Jamie Foxx and Colin Farrell? Yeah, Oh, God. Please tell me you know it was based on a TV show. Yeah. Oh, Oh, she didn't. She didn't. All right, here we go. (laughs) Quarterback. I got, and again, 
we same thing. You guys, you evaluate this roster and don't hold back. I had I had the big fish, Evan Silva, help me out last year, and um, because he's so professional, he took it overly seriously, and and I took up a lot of his time, and I felt bad about it. So I didn't bring him up this year. Uh, so I'm going to lean harder on you guys in 2019. But thank you, Evan, for your help last year. All right, here we go. Sam Bradford, 31 years old. He's the starting quarterback of the Greybeards. Um, he's, he's 31. He might be the oldest 31-year-old in the world. Let's face it. He's got bad knees. Uh, but And he's been in mothballs for basically two years. But he is also two seasons removed from leading the NFL in um, completion percentage. That's 70%, boys. Uh, he had a 20-touchdown, five-interception year that year with Minnesota. Perfectly serviceable, maybe above that. I bring in Brock Osweiler uh, as a backup, knowing that Sam probably isn't going to be able to make it through, you know, September. And uh, and Josh McCown, who will be uh, 40 years old uh, by week one, uh, but a great glue guy. Everybody loves Josh. It's tough when Josh McCown's not even a starter on this team. He's still like the coach in the locker room. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, he'll be great. A leader. Right. Well, for his, Sam Bradford. He looked cooked last year when he played. Like, right, but, just done. But you know what? He's he's there. He's basically a coach on the field, you know, in the practices and things of that nature. Bradford's interesting because, you know, he played, granted, just two games the year before. But he averaged like nine yards per throw in those two games and then had a good year the year before. And then he was with this unbelievably terrible Cardinals situation that like is ended a lot of, it felt like it was ending a lot of careers and a lot of potential. But the fact that Josh Rosen came in and actually looked better than Sam Bradford, that was a tough spot. I do like the fact that the number one, one guy on our top one one free agency list every year, he's on the gray beards, whoever it is. I mean, cause that's good. <laughs> he's got the good marketing pop from yep. uh, the list. And now you put Bradford who's been there stuck at one Oh one on your tickets. Here's my fix for your quarterback room. Go ahead. Osweiler doesn't need to be anywhere near this team or any team. Okay. So I would take people him know off. him though. I would take him off. And if you, if Sam Bradford can't play, and a lot of people think his knees will never allow him to play again, mm-hmm. on this team with who's available, I'm going the Josh Johnson route, doing a little dual threat quarterbacking. Mm. He played. I mean, he held his own with the Redskins at the end of the year. He's from San Diego too, and a, a local legend, San Diego. We State. like that. On we this like team, that. you're going to need a running quarterback. But I think. The, the problem is though right. that you, you need oh, mobility. With that line. Like, yeah, you want name value, local guy, this and that. Like, how about you take a chance on a guy who can lead you to a mythical championship? And there's only one guy out there that could do that. And that's Geno Smith. He was already in San Diego last year. He knows where the locker rooms are. He knows where the local taco places are. So you don't have to help Geno with that. Uh, I mean, he was in L.A. last year. Whatever. That's why we're in San Diego now. Whatever. He, I don't know. Geno Smith. Geno's phone didn't ring. He was expecting a Greybeard's call and it never came. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. All right, let's move on uh, to the running back room. Um, all right, beast mode, Marshawn Lynch. Uh, the Raiders close the door. Well, we open a window. And, and and what's very important, extremely important, almost confusingly important in our organization is having a really good media guide cover. <laughs> and uh, that's why, uh, not the only reason, but Marshawn Lynch, you put him in the room. He's 33 years old by week one. Uh, but you know that he's not going to be able to carry the load. You, you want him to be a guy, uh, you know, a little thumper between the tackles. Maybe he can carry you for a half or something. Uh, keep him healthy. Hope he doesn't quit the team. Uh, but you got to have a real potential bell cow guy. That's why Jay Ajay is joining us 26 years old by week one. Uh, he has the international appeal as a, being a guy from England. So we're going to get that hook. And, um, you know, he's had his moments and he's still a young guy. CJ Anderson's out there, too. So we're going to have a, a running back by committee, obviously, here. Uh, showed he had some tread on the tires in L.A. Uh, and what are we missing? A guy who can catch a ball out of the backfield. Uh, we're going to chew a, um, a fullback. Instead, we're going to bring on T.J. Yeldon, 25 years old, uh, ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, your thoughts on my running backs? I am severely crestfallen, disappointed that you do not have Darren Sproles in your backfield. Yeah. Thought about it. It Should makes you wonder what is the gray beards here. DJ Yeldon couldn't the, gray, go grow gray hair if he want, if he tried to. <laughs> right. That's the that's like what is the idea behind the gray beards? I always thought it was kind of a guy, you know guys towards the end of their career. Yeldon's gonna be on a team on an NFL team, I think. So not yet. 
He'll be he falls he'll be a part parameters. he'll be a part time. I know, but he's old. He's I didn't young. You were so cutthroat. And he's young. <laughs> Ajayi is only twenty six. I, I take mean, this he's very serious. He's coming off an injury, so he's going to be on a t- on a NFL team. So he's just stopping by the yep. Greybeards. I think Sproles is a guy you you combine with Marshawn Lynch. To me, that's like a picture perfect Greybeards backfield. Now I get why you're saying that the Greybeards we have another been. San Diego guy, by the way. Wow, was he? He was. Oh well, maybe I made a mistake there, but. Um, it's not just about being old. It, the exercise is just covering who's out there, but it just so happens that a lot of these guys end up being close to the wrong side of 30, which is tells you a lot about how hard it is. I totally to made that up, by the way. He just, But he had his best <laughs> years. I was checking that. I'm like, is that right? He had his best year. You know, he had some great years with the Chargers, and that fan base who needs uh, some hope and some, some love and some memory of that, you know, would, would be rooting him on. There's no reverse gears in this tank. We move forward with the city itself. You know, wide receiver. All right. A little bit of a problem at wide receiver. And, and this is this pops up every year at the Greybeards. It's it's a position scarcity for real teams. Our team is left to pick up the guys that can't really move too well anymore. Um, so they have a nice name brand. But maybe you worry about separation and you absolutely have an issue uh, with um, taking the top off defenses. But what we got here is <laughs> Des Bryant. Oh, he's a condensed offense. Yeah. Des, Des Bryant is 30 years old, hasn't played in a long time now, and is coming off an Achilles tear. Uh, but again, that media guy is very important. So we're going to slap him on there too. And just the season tickets. You got to have eight season different tickets. guys. You got to have eight guys. And from the national, you want coverage from national outlets. Every team does. Dez's comeback attempt. Well, you, you find it here in San Diego. Uh, Michael Crabtree, um, he fell into the Lamar Jackson abyss last year. Um, uh, but before that, he was a virtual lock for over a five-year stretch for you know eight or nine touchdowns a year. I know, like Dez, he doesn't get separation anymore. But, hey, there are worse red zone targets. Pierre Garçon, 33 years old. I don't know what he has left in the tank. Maybe we'll slide him into the slot, see if he can do some damage in there. And then uh, Kelvin Benjamin, just a giant. It's just good to have a giant. And uh, he's 28, and everyone else has given up on him. But that's part of the Greybeard's uh, aesthetic is giving people one last chance. Uh, so, Kelvin, welcome mm. aboard. Look how far Demarius Thomas has fallen. Can't Thought even make him. the Greybeard's. We were in negotiations, but it just didn't work out. No. Well, he's also coming off an Achilles tear and a uh, arrest issue, I think. Yeah, we also – yeah, there was a, a car issue. We also <laughs> – we we talked about it internally and having two over 30 wide receivers rehabbing Achilles tendon tears <laughs> seemed a little bit of a bridge too far. I That's think it's the cover of your media. Card. You know, right. I think you want to, you know, think about Chris Hogan just because uh, yeah. just because I looked at him. I maybe not a lot him. of production, but he brings kind of that Patriots championship. You know, he teaches the guy what it's like to be uh, the middle of a championship. I got a deep threat for you. Who? Terrell Pryor. <laughs> that, I mean, a little bit of a, a poison, maybe. Well, you, we haven't been able to find out exactly what it is he's bringing or taking away from locker room. You're going to need someone to replace Crabtree when the Patriots sign him to be their, like, you know, seventh guy uh, in, in training camp. It just feels inevitable <laughs> at this point. Uh, once a graybeard, always a graybeard. It just stays where it is. If they're not on a team on March 29th, we get them. Uh, all right. But, but you guys kind of are on the same page as me. Like, we're going to have an issue stretching the field. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's an annual. But I do. I think Dez is a great move because, you know, most you know, if, if he was signed by most teams, it's like, all right, Dez, you know, calm down with the social media a little bit. Let's just like focus on no, football. We, not at the Greybeards. You're like fly off the handle. Throw take, off that X. Take shots at the Cowboys. Do oh, it all. Kill him. Tight end. Uh, all right. So Antonio Gates was on the team last year. He's on the team again, uh, even though he's going to be 39 years old by week one. Like me, he's a 1980 baby, and we stick together. So Gates is back. I'm going to put Austin Safarian Jenkins in my starting role, though. Um, I saw a little bit that I liked in his year with the Jets. I know last year in Tampa, he kind of just disappeared, but Tampa— Jacksonville. Jacksonville, excuse me. Uh, But Jacksonville was just—it was a bad year in Jacksonville all around. So um, I'm going to bank on that. ASJ has something in in the tank, uh, and there's not. Trust me, there aren't a lot of other options. The pickings are slim. I, one guy I might take a look at is a former second round pick, Max Williams of the Ravens. The two X's, Max Williams. Double X. I don't th- throw up the double X. <laughs> injuries. I like have, that. Yeah, injuries have really hurt him. Mm. But you know, just for an upside point of view, maybe you could turn his career around. I I think the combination of Gates and um, 
Michael Humanawanui would be like really exciting. You got the you got the pass catcher, you got the blocker, you bring in um, Which one's the kind of Antonio Gates. I mean he's a legend. He's, he's a bigger than, he's bigger than Human at this point. He's a Hall of Famer. And then yeah, Human, you know, maybe brings in kind of you know, you want a, as much diversity as possible in terms of their background. So, you know, maybe get some islanders coming to the game and mm. I like that. Come on. We'll take people from all over the world. I'm trying to look at it so far. I don't think Marshawn Lynch is a Hall of Famer, is he? He's borderline. He's actually an interesting case. Borderline. He was, he was a, crucial to a, a team that was I think he's got dynasty. An, I think he's got an uphill battle, but I would listen to an argument for him. But Gates certainly will go to Canton. Um, so he's the only sure Hall of Fame guy we got. Um, offensive line, always a tough exercise because um, teams – struggle to put together half a good af- uh, offensive line in, m- in many cities. So we're taking what's left. Uh, Donald Penn just got cut loose by the Raiders. He has three Pro Bowl bids in, most recently in tw- 2017. Uh, so he was functional. John Sullivan just played in a Super Bowl. So that's that's not nothing. Um, uh, the rest, Jeremy Parnell, um, uh, Quentin Spain, Josh Sitton. I mean, it's a bit of a roll of the dice with Sam Bradford behind center. I think you have better tackles than some NFL teams. It's not the worst offensive line. You're right. That would not be Age the worst. Is an issue. That would bit. not be the worst offensive line in the league. No, Every I other agree. position group, I think it would. <laughs> I worry age that is an issue. You're the, right. I think it's the average age of about 32 or 33 years. You might struggle old. in the yeah. run game. Penn, I like Penn though because you need a guy who does like, hey, we've got like the digital like a seven minute video that we need a player to kind of do a breakdown, um, some digital videos, right. go on the local programming to kind of like promote the thing. And I think he's got that next career in the media, and he can do that as well. Good call. Good call. Um, it's Jeremy Parnell. I said Jeremy. Well, yeah. It's, it's, I think it's pronounced, pronounced Jeremy, it Jeremy, but it's just spelled messed up. Might be one You're of those far right. situations. Annoying. Um, let's move to the defense now. Uh, I, I like the de- this same thing happened last year, and I remember the Big Fish uh, had a similar thought that the offense was shaky, but the defense is solid. There's some good players here. Uh, on the edge, uh, Ziggy Ansa rap sheet, um, put it out there that he has a shoulder issue that teams are worried about. But this is still a dude, 12 sacks two seasons ago, 14 and a half back in 2015. He's 29 years old or 30 years old week one. I'll roll the dice. And I'm a little surprised no one else has to this point. Maybe the shoulder is totally jacked. Uh, but we, we did that. Nick Perry, uh, another guy that has uh, some history. Uh, he has a double-digit sack season. Uh, he's fallen off in recent times. But, you know, we, t- we take a flyer. Adrian Claiborne, uh, bring him on. Um, he, he graded out well on uh, PFF this season. Played in two of the last uh, three f- Super Bowls. And um, why Mark Brady, the Shadow League figure, why would he be calling me in the middle of and around the NFL podcast? He doesn't know this. Shadowy behavior. And finally, Shane Ray, um, 26 years old, a total Elway draft bust that looks like, but we take a flyer on him and see if we can get anything out of him. What do you think, Wes? Two guys I like who are not on on this list. Aaron Lynch is one of my favorite free agents left on the board. I thought Mm. he showed really well um, as a rotational rusher for the Bears last year. And I would take a chance on Derek Morgan over maybe Shane Ray or Adrian Claiborne. Mm. He's coming off like I, he had a terrible year last year, but the year before that, I believe he had nine sacks and um, just now turning 29, I believe. So still got maybe something left in the tank. Yeah, I think you do a nice job kind of, you know, having a variety of red flags from Thank uh, you. from these guys. <laughs> Whether if, you know, it could be like, an, like Ziggy Ansah doesn't just have one injury. He's got like seven <laughs> different surgeries over the last couple of he's years. He's also secretly 54. It's like Shane Ray. Actually, he's young and healthy. had some talent, but kind of not known as, you know, the best um, behind the scenes guy necessarily. Or, What's you know, hasn't really, I don't know, hasn't really uh, fulfilled this potential. I don't know if he's taken his career as seriously as you want. Claiborne, though. I like Adrian Claiborne. All right, good. Interior defensive line. And here is the third and final man on the cover of the media guide is Indomitian Sue. I mean, the man is photogenic and everyone knows Sue uh, getting up there in years. But he's got something. He's still got the motor a little bit. Maybe he's not the same player he was in Detroit, but he will be a presence in our line. Uh, Corey Legit, another guy. Listen, he's got a quad surgery he's recovering from. So you have that red flag. But this guy. And he was on, uh, I believe, on your top one-on-one boys, an eight-year starter. Fairly high. Uh, Mo Wilkerson. Uh, this was a tough one for me because I don't like Muhammad Wilkerson in terms of, uh, 
uh, as a man. No, I, the way things ended with the Jets, I think he basically stole um, my favorite team's money and, and stopped working hard. But he's also at this stage in his career, 29 and coming off a serious leg injury in Green Bay. A lot to prove and probably looking for one last payday. Brent Urban, not really familiar with his work, but he was on your top 101. So he got the final spot. I'm a little uh, surprised he's still available. There's some good picks here. Um, you might need like a, a hog molly, like a huge run stuffer. A guy like Danny Shelton um, mm. or Damata Pecco, who's, you know, going to be about 34 years old. I'm sure has the gray beard. So just a, a beef, beefy guy beefy, can maybe take like, up a couple linemen. A poor man's snack. I like Dan immediately took some notes, wrote that down. <laughs> Danny, like beef in the middle. <laughs> just for situational, you know. All right. Great. You know, there is a case to be made that I talked to you guys about this before I write the piece, but I like it. No, no, it's no, no. you comes. did a good job. Uh, linebacker, uh, Zach Brown, another guy. He's sitting at number 29 on the Wesling and Rosenthal top one. West would have had him in the top 12. Oh, he was yeah. mad at me. I like put him at 47 and it balanced out to that. And now he's the captain of the defense of the Greybeard. So that, I, that felt, oh. felt like a major steal. Not sure if he's captain material, but... <laughs> We take chances on guys. We All give right. them opportunities other teams win. That's not a terrible defense. Him and Sue and ah, Ziggy the, flying the, around. Jamie Collins. Talent. Jamie Collins. I don't know what to do with Jamie Collins. I don't know where he would fit in. I don't know what the defensive scheme is. But I know he's a guy that has tools. And I love, I've been told there were tools. He's flexible. I think he can play in multiple schemes. This is going to be one of those defenses that asks, answers the question, what would happen to a defense if everybody was just doing their own thing instead of like... <laughs> It's true. Like Sue's Jamie just Collins and uh, and Brown are just freelancing all over the They're field. They're freelancing. They're just trying to get tackles. Sue's just like going for sacks, right. not trying to stop the run. So like you what have a lot of big plays done. and highlights. Like you don't get a lot of stops, you know funny, but though, a like, lot of turnovers. That sounds like it probably wouldn't work, but no one's ever tried it. <laughs> right. It's innovative. I got Manti Teo in there too. Sure tackler. He's got a good background. So I, another big thing in our sure organization tackler. is that he um, – we're very big on giving the beat writers some layups for their notebook leads. Oh yeah, uh, that's during training good camp. Policy. So we got we got Teo in there. We got Dez. We got. I saw a beat lines. writer for the Colts actually retweeted your column and said, "This is a gift for beat writers. You have already told. You have already written the stories for us. I would be happy to follow this team." There you go. George Bremer, who fo- covers the Georgia. Wow. Great. Well, I'm very big on that. And I, Teo, another uh, Hawaii guy, another guy who played in San Diego. So I think it's all coming together. You see, so you're, you're picking up on our business model. Um, <laughs> cornerback, or, you know, the, the secondary, it's tricky. It, it's it's same thing where you worry about speed and age more. Uh, but Mo Claiborne, who I think is a rock-solid number two type cornerback uh, um, that I'm a little surprised the Jets aren't bringing back yet or haven't or won't, but he is out there. He'll be our number one cornerback, so good luck to you, uh, Mo. Brent Grimes, this is clearly, you know, I don't want Miko to come after me if I left her left his, the boy off, the, uh, off, the, off this list. So he's on the team even though he's 36 at this stage. He's the oldest um, gray beard. In Has some gray defense. in his beard. Played... He's still out there like playing 60, 70 snaps a game and not not doing poorly. Uh, Captain Munnerlin and Tremaine Brock uh, round out my cornerback group. It's rough out there for cornerbacks. I do like Claiborne, who is better than some teams first cornerback. Mm. True. Um, at safety, Eric Berry. Come on. Come on to the great. Oh, yeah. Perfect gray beard. Uh, we That's love, a leader in the locker room. Yep. We love another easy notebook lead. We love guys that are on the comeback trail. Uh, and Glover Quinn, he is contemplating retirement uh, out in Detroit. But I, I thought maybe we could bring him back for one more ride. A veteran in the locker room and a guy that knows how to play the position. Mike Adams is another guy. 39. Definitely gray hair. Uh, gray beard. Um, Trey Boston might be the best safety out there. Yeah, you know what? Um, Gennaro, Gennaro Felice, who does a great job um, editing our stuff uh, here at NFL.com, was stumping for Trey Boston, and I, I dismissed it. Mike Mitchell, who played for the Colts last year, and I believe won Defensive Player of the Week one week, and had two dynamite games for them, but then ended up on the injured list as 33-year-old safety. Yeah, he, he's kind of known for like some dirty hits and whatnot. I think that might be more attractive to the Greybeards than most NFL teams. Yeah, that's true. Uh, kicker, uh, the Kowski brothers, we're going to call him. Seabass oh, is coming back, Wes, and you know why he's coming back. He has to. Hey, because that man, for all that he's done for the kicking game uh, after 18-plus seasons in the NFL, we cannot let him go out with the, uh, the shame of the divisional playoff round in Dallas, yanking a hamstring, popping a hammy like some uncle 
in a, a family reunion flag football game and limping off the field into retirement. No, come back, rehab that leg. He personifies right. what the graybeards are all about. That's right. What, bad special teams? I mean, I did, I'm, I'm going to be worried. When you look at this team, you don't see a lot of gunners. You know, you're going to be a little worried about the kickoff coverage. And then if you're if you're counting on Seabass to make a tackle on that kickoff, he's just going <laughs> to run straight to the straight to the I didn't line. I didn't fill out the entire <laughs> roster. So they're, just imagine the gunners are all great athletic specimens. You can get a gunner off the waiver wire any week of the season. Um, so Seabass is actually my starter. People are going to say, oh, oh, Kaskowski, he's done really nice work. He has 45 Super Bowl rings. But that's a that that's a kicker in decline. I want Seabass starting. And by the way, as yes. opposed to Seabass. And and yes, I know what you're saying out there. Where's Kai Forbath? Well, Kai's Kai. Kai's Kai. We'll leave it at that. Uh, and finally, punter Brian Anger. Nice work, Brian. Got got a job with the Greybeards. His name's Anger. That's it. That's that's that'll do it for you. Now I will ask you the question as we do every year. I'll get out of the way. I have a number in mind. I mean, please, Gaskowski's appeared in as many Super Bowls as anyone in NFL history, oh other than Tom Brady and not because Mike Lotus. He's, he's been along for the ride. He's kicking the he's, Super Bowl every year. He's fine. He's please. along for the ride. All right, I have the number in mind. What I believe this team would go uh, in a um, in a 2019 NFL season, like a, a if we swapped them out with say the Chargers, you get the Chargers schedule instead. It's the Graybeards. Uh, what their record would be. Um, curious what you guys think. Be honest. I'm going to go one in 15. I mean, you just gave them. You know what? You're you, a bad guy. You gave them, you gave them the, tra- the Raiders schedule. <laughs> I mean, the Chargers schedule. So they get to play the Raiders. I think they can pick off Oakland at home. But I think the, I think the problem is scoring. One in 15? I think that the combination of that quarterback room and the offensive line, it's going to be a lot of injuries. <laughs> I, I it's going to be old that. and it's going to be problematic. I'm worried about that. A lot of times when you see um, teams that end up in a lost season, 2-14, and 3-13, and 13, playing out the string, it's because their quarterback room looks a lot like yours. Mm. Injuries happen to the quarterbacks, and then they end up with, like, Matt Castle starting eight games or something. Okay. So I think the number one issue with your team is the quarterback room, and I think that limits your ceiling to four wins. But I'm thinking 3-13 and 13 is what this okay. team represents. Okay. I, I look at it, and I honestly see six wins. I see a six and ten outfit. Well, you're like a proud father. <laughs> and the goal is eight and eight. We're not trying to win a Lombardi. Uh, I mean, things can break, right? What that really is, you know, quietly doing is shaming the New York Jets and teams like that who have been unable to win six games for the last three years. Not so you're really. saying you, that you That's can to try to like you, manufacture a dig on my favorite team for no reason. I'm saying I'm saying that you're digging <laughs> on Mike that. McCagnin that he couldn't even put that you could put a better team of just cast offs than he's mm. been able to do the last. Three well, games. we were in a, an important rebuild and we tore it down before the Dolphins and ev- everyone is like throwing up hosannas about the Dolphins right now. Well, the Jets did it two years ago. I didn't hear anything. Like I, thought that. Were, I thought your point was the Greybeards did it to you. <laughs> no, the Greybeards, they try to compete every year. We ha- we're kind of like the Dolphins model before the organic fish tank. Oh, okay. You know? Um, how about that, though? Nobody, nobody was throwing bouquets at the Jets' feet two years ago when they did the same exact thing the Dolphins are doing now. No, in fact, I was... I think they were trying to win, though, weren't they? They won five. I don't know. I was apoplectic that Todd Bowles was flat out lying about the rebuilding. <laughs> All right, so there you go. The 2019 San Diego... Graybeards, and you could get their uh, the single, give them a chance. Graybeards football parentheses on iTunes. There you go. All right, that's it. It's Fun not available show. on title. While you're on iTunes, no. leave a review. <laughs> leave a review on iTunes. Yeah, while you're there, five stars, and uh, we would be very, very happy. Um, sign up the Around the NFL podcast subreddit. Get involved. Have a voice. Talk about us. You know, be positive if you want, but we don't care. Um, either way is fine. Also, what else do we have to promote? Yes, the Twitter show where I will be unveiling my pocket square, Greg. And get a, we'll get a good tight shot on Greg when he first sees it. Dressing up for the Twitter show. <clears throat> on Wednesday at 1.30 Pacific, 4.30 Eastern. And yes, three more shows next week. And three shows every week through the draft and a little bit beyond it, so. All of the people who signed up for Mark Brady's Instagram account will be tuning in to see your pocket square. Yes, and that is the final reminder. Follow Mark Brady at Mark Patrick Brady on Instagram. 
But don't complain to him that there's not enough pictures of us and too many pictures oh. of his family. I mean, you he know. has a beautiful family. Yes, but it, like that's it's his own account. So we've noticed you guys out there that have done it. But we do appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, well, actually, you know what's funny is he's actually lost like 75 followers since Ooh. I last. Got to keep him in. Get back on the train. Get keep back him in, on the Brady. <laughs> we we boosted it by about four or five hundred, but now it's like now it's in retrenchment. People oh, are like, I, I don't want to. I don't want to see. Gonna need gimmicks. I don't want to see you hiking with Erica. <laughs> Ricky, what are you doing this weekend? Um, just hanging out. Just chilling. Yeah, it's been a lot of travel the past month. So oh, yeah. it has been right. You need I'm, to. Yeah, I'm you looking need some forward downtime. to, to put the engine out. in neutral and just coast. <laughs> coast. Well, you would float if it was a neutral. I meant just like if you're at the dock, you put it in neutral. Yeah. Just chill out on the yacht. Yeah. Sounds perfect. Great. Awesome. That's it. <laughs> Great recap. <laughs> Stan Hansa signing off for the mailman, the old boss, Ricky Hollywood, behind the glass. Let's go, Greybeard. Six and ten. We can do it. Till Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, Drew Scott here. And I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.